27.1 light years from Earth, orbiting a red dwarf star, a planet of legend was pinpointed in November of 2012. A planet where an aeon's old civilization came to a chaotic end as the core of their world imploded. From the ruins of this world, only a few survivors were flung out into the far reaches of space and spared the fate of their homeworld. One of these interplanetary refugees found their way to a cornfield in the quaint farming town of Smallville, Kansas. The legend of this alien foundling has become a seminal piece of Americana, one of Earth's mightiest heroes whose personality and image have been represented in every form of media. But does the portrayal of America's favorite alien also come with a price of dire misfortune? This case file joined the theorists as they donned their capes and red undies to discuss the disturbing details of the cruel calamities befalling those afflicted by the Superman curse. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 238. No Zell. Let's get Woo! right into it. All right, boys. So we know, we know this now. Webby Vanderquack is Scrooge's clone. Discuss. I mean, it's canon in the reboot. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Well, <laughs> this a is, reboot. A, a this reboot isn't OG. Becomes canon. This isn't OG. Becomes canon. A reboot. I know that's canon. what I'm saying. Dude, not canon. always. Canon. Not in, in always. Sometimes. Is, yes, it is. That's current canon. Sometimes yeah. they abandon reboots because it's shit. Yeah, and this one wasn't. This. I'll tell you right now. I love Ducktales. Huge Ducktales guy. Reboots better. I listen. Webby Vanderquack will and always will be the granddaughter of Bettina Beckley. Beakley, sorry. And Bettina no, Beckley. no question. Like, you can't even pronounce Mrs. Beakley's name. What is who's Mrs. Beakley? What does she's, she do? She's Scrooge McDuck's maid. Cook. Thank God. And the nephew's Can't nanny. Can't say her name, Crumb. She was tasked with protecting Webby. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying that- Protected the-, the air from foul. All right? <laughs> what Watch did, the fucking show, what did foul? What did foul stand for again? Ooh, good question. Oh, it's the- yeah. I have to look it up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really silly. Uh, uh, shoot. I forgot. No, it is the something about something about world larceny. <laughs> yeah, something fiendish organization for world yeah, larceny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking so good. Stupid boys. Seriously, if you haven't watched reboot, listeners, if you haven't watched reboot, fucking watch it. It's amazing. It's gold. It's worth a Disney Plus subscription. Get it now. Get it in you. Zell is gone this week. He is in Tofino, enjoying the surf. Me and him <laughs> went surfing yesterday. And Zell drowned. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> he is dead. He may see lost at sea, I think is the term. Yeah. He's not dead. Vampires. We, do gotta, not we float. gotta pop out one of his clones from the tube, so it's not here today. That's fair. <laughs> this case file we're talking about, we're we're kind of taking a little bit of a departure, a slight departure from uh, you know, our current layout, uh current things we talk about. Uh, and we're talking DuckTales, baby. All That's ducktails. it. <laughs> Nothing but DuckTales. We're talking about today the curse 
of Superman. And the reason we're talking about that today is because one, you know, it lines up with the show because, hey, Superman's everybody's favorite alien, right? America's favorite alien, Superman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, easy with American stuff. Guy was drawn by a Canadian, all right? Which one of them was Schuster? Schuster. Schuster Schuster was was Canadian. Canadian from Toronto. Haven't you watched your Canadian heritage moments, pal? No, I don't remember that one. Yeah, right. When he's he's like drawing a picture for a chick on the train. Or no, he's on the train and he draws oh, a picture and he yes, hands it to a lady. Yes. And it's Superman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Canadian <laughs> heritage moment. We could just say North America. The reason North America. No, but Canadian. <laughs> Canada. The Canadian. We drew right. him, so you know. The reason we're talking about this one today is because we've been humming and hawing about doing um a show where we kind of delve into pop culture conspiracies uh and we've you know we've had a little back and forth about what the layout would be and we thought with zelgon this week you know a little bit of a departure from the norm we would take this opportunity to dive into a topic of pop culture that is you know relates to this show and so we're gonna have a little fun with the format today it's not going to be what you're used to but please at the end let us know what your thoughts uh, and comments, suggestions, because maybe this might be uh, episode one of a future show produced by your boys. Should we get right into it? Absolutely. All right. So we're opening, uh, you know, the court of public opinion today. Um, and we're obviously discussing the curse of Superman. Um, who Who wants to give a brief synopsis on what this is? Andrew or Dan? Oh, why the fuck you put me on the spot here, boys? Put anyone on the spot. I'm, I'm the color guy. I interject with with colorful sayings and <laughs> references and, and have a laugh here. You <laughs> expand in the role here a bit? Yeah. Just give us a brief synopsis, your understanding of the Superman curse. So from like, this is, you know, this caught my eye, you know, a few years ago. I thought it was really interesting. Um, basically, throughout the history of the creation of Superman, to the movies, to, you know, pretty current. There's been a, I'd say, a trend of misfortune for whoever has portrayed Superman, people involved in the creation of Superman. Um, Like, we're talking down to producers. We're talking, you know, co-stars. We're talking supporting actors and actresses and stuff like that. And to the point where this has become, this is- We're we're talking extras. Extras in the film. People who helped create the DVDs. You know, the guys who made the fucking video game for N64 that sucked ass. Like, this is, like, coincidence? No fucking way. There's way too much to this. We got it. Like, we're about to fucking unpack this. This is going to be interesting. Now, the one thing I did, like, looking into this one is, at at first look, I was kind of like, meh. I wonder wonder how much there is. And there there is a, I will give it that there is a surprising a lot of misfortune uh, that happens. Not only that, but like some of the things that I learned just about Superman, the creation, and some of the movies was absolutely fascinating that we'll dive into. Uh, you know, not to give too much away, but one of the greatest movie deals for an actor in history, still to this day, uh, 
was Superman one. And we'll get into that in a, in a, in a moment. Uh, Dan, anything quick remark on the Superman curse before we get going? Uh, you could compare the Superman curse to something very similar that you have, like with the, uh, the Macbeth, AKA the Scottish play kind of phenomenon Ooh. where you have a series of misfortunes and, uh, unfortunate and misfortunes and unfortunate events happening to people who are involved with the productions and the portrayals of the characters, uh, within the thing. So it's not something that's out of the, uh, you know, it's it's something that has happened before, I suppose, or something that is believed to have been affecting people before with a different uh, topic, different subject. So it's not that cool. far, <laughs> far out. Isn't it the with the protection, the production of the Wizard of Oz? Like fucking, didn't supposedly a munchkin hang themselves in the trees that was caught in a well, frame? Well, I would, but I would say like, like the, 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 yeah, the Wizard, the Wizard of Oz being the one like, movie, but being like, I don't know, we'd you'd have to do a deep dive on like. The Wizard of Oz, and then Return to Oz, and just the Oz, uh, like franchise in general. The Misery of Oz, yeah, and that other Oz where they're in jail. What's that one? Ooh, That's a continuation, yeah, that right? I remember being way too young, accidentally <laughs> catching a few episodes of that. And on you were like, "Whoa, showcase. you're looking yeah, for Red Shoe like, Diaries?" Not, and that comes. Yeah, this on. is not the Red Shoe Diaries I was hoping for. This is a little too close to Flesh Gordon. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that, Dan, because we did talk about doing this show, and then Zell ended up lost at sea. So you know. <laughs> Does the curse continue? I don't know. Um, I mean, at least we got it out early. So simply mentioning Superna- Superman is enough to trigger the curse. Don't say it out name. <laughs> I'm don't sorry, say the Kryptonian. Don't, say it, three don't times. say it out loud. The Kryptonian. Hey, don't say it out loud. Throw, Dan, quickly, throw some salt over your shoulder. Left shoulder, right shoulder, one of them. Um, with that, with the quick intro so you know what we're talking about, we're going to open with the case for the Superman curse. So we're going to be telling you why you should believe that Superman is cursed. Where does this begin? So you could uh, you could essentially start the Superman curse with the very beginning, I, I suppose, like all the way back to its actual creators, Joe, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, who created the character of Superman back in June of 1938 for Actions Comics number one. So um, with them, with them, it's kind Dude, of a more first of a, off. First off, action comics number one, hilarious because Superman didn't even really have any powers. He just goes and confronts a woman beater who then isn't that tough. Yeah. <laughs> no power. He doesn't even hit him. No, yeah, no power. The, guy the guy's just like, Ugh, and he's like, ha, I'm Superman. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so like the initial, initial, you know, he basically white knighted the guy in a, in tights in a cape. No powers. No I mean, powers on, were no. seen of. He's doing doing the right thing in man. action comics number one. So uh, with with. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, you could say that this is probably the uh, the genesis of the curse, since uh, what happened eventually was that Siegel and Schuster lost out on a lot of the royalties. Um, they sold the rights oh. to Superman um, and, and a lot of the, the copyright itself. And so they missed out on all of the income that would have come with that original concept. They they well, were well, compens- not, uh, not all income. They, not all income. They were compensated 120 US dollars between the two of them for, su- for, Superman. for Superman. So I think they did, uh, what is it? They did recuse some costs off of like Superboy. Like I think they got the, they, they had the concept for Superboy, which was like the prequel. Like they had a prequel series that they had kind of come up with, um, like a Superman's early days. And, um, they did get money from that, but they, 
without that compensation, a lot of their career, both both their careers kind of just flatlined uh, afterwards. So by the 1950s, you had Schuster who actually suffered from de- deteriorating eyesight and then which forced him out of comic books entirely. Um, and then he eventually became almost completely blind. Now, the, the kind of the, not necessarily the misfortunes there, but you have Siegel who learned about the 1975 Superman movie, uh, which had was going to be in the works. And then following that announcement, there was a... a, a something like a thousand new news outlets apparently <laughs> across the country received a, a letter single spaced and about 10 pages long. But essentially the, the most important part is the, uh, the quote, I, Jerry Siegel, the co-originator of Superman put a curse on the Superman movie. So, and then I hope it's super bombs. I have, I hope loyal <laughs> Superman fans stay away from it in droves. I hope the whole world becoming aware of the stench that surrounds Superman will avoid the movie like the plague. Now you got to think for like, from their point of view, like they've given this creation up for $120 and you know, you know, big paper, big newspaper, big comics has taken this and they've made a fortune, right? So these guys have like, you know, they jumped the bandwagon and be like, well, we came up with Superboy and Super Mom, Super Dad, Super Family. Uh, you know, they were trying, they, they all of a sudden cast a wide net trying to recoup some costs, but nothing was as popular for them as Superman and nothing made as much money. So it's like, as they're watching these comics become wildly more popular and turn into TV shows in the 50s that become wildly popular, and, you know, various cartoons and comics, this hatred for this. And and in this, like, you know, I'm going to call it the manifesto. Siegel, like, talks about, he goes, he's like, there's nothing, this is nothing but pure greed, right? Pure greed from people who had no part of creating this thing are, are just now exploiting it and not paying any reimbursement to the creators, and it's he just pure hatred in this man's heart at this point for Superman and the people who now own it. So I like to think that when he when he says this, like when he writes this, this is a hatred and a, a and an honestly like just so much passionate hatred when he writes this and send it. Like, could you imagine how mad you would have to be to write some of this shit? Single, single so, space, and, 10 pages is no joke. Like double space, yeah, double uh, space, uh, 10 pages. That's like five pages, but like 10 pages, and, single space. That's really, that's, that's and then, some dedication. Like you're really mad. And then send it, send it to thousands of newspapers across the country. It's just like, just so like, I don't know if I, I, there's probably not a lot of people who have experienced like a hatred and a distaste that Siegel had at this point in time in 1975. So it, well, it's so that that it, it, it's it, not hard to see where that's coming from, right? Like that's it's wild to me that something so successful that was created by these men, these two, they're both passion and the, like the big thing for them too. It's like these two guys grew up nerds. They were both the Clark, the Clark Kents that dreamed of being like a Superman, right? Like that's where it came up. They came up with it. They were bullied and they wished that they could be Superman. They wanted to be this guy that could stand up and had all these extraordinary powers, right? And they come up with this great idea and they pinched it. And, you know, they weren't, you know, obviously well off. They needed the money. So they took what they could get for it and then to watch it turn into what it did. where And they could easily have, you know, retroactively help these guys out. 
after it became successful and they sat back and chose not to. Like, it's just... Yeah, because... Uh, it, it's corporate greed. We've seen it a million fucking times, but it's... Uh, yeah, Superman was already becoming a phenomenon about the time. Like, they had, uh, you know, a couple years after its creation and this. Um, he was already kind of a, like... Uh, and our represent had become already a, a representation or associated yeah. with America. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt this, but like this is this is something I've been trying. I was trying to look to it while you're talking about. Like, listen to this. This is literally part of the manifesto. Okay, it said DC Comics killed my days, murdered my nights, choked my happiness, strangled my career. I consider Nationals executives a comic economic murderers, money mad monsters. Like that is a fucking. Like, he, he's not. I've never, he's like, not how wrong. more scathing is he's that? He's not wrong. No, but like that's you know like that's a dude in an extremely dark fucking place. So uh, guys eating itchy band while he's watching them put up Superman. Right. So he wrote he wrote this uh, he wrote the actual letter in like 1975. But the the thing is, it's like you could you could technically say that the curse began even before that. So even after they like probably immediately after they sold the things, uh, the, the rights to Superman like the curse began, whether it is, uh, you know, subconsciously or, or something like that, putting the negative vibes out there. I mean, you have, um, like, uh, Braden had just mentioned, like they, uh, Max and Dave Fleischer who produced the, the Superman cartoons for Paramount between 1941 and 1943. So this Max and Dave Fleischer, like weren't, like small dudes, like they had top of the line animation studios in the 1930s and early forties. And they had produced other, uh, features like Betty Boop, Popeye, the sailor cartoons, which became extremely popular. And then the thing is Fleischer studios, even with those successes of those characters, they suffered like heart, like financial difficulties, like out the yin yang. And so they, there was a period of time where they were barely staying afloat. And then Paramount swooped in, bought out Fleischer studios, and then actually pushed out the brothers and pretty much led them into poverty. Dude. So <laughs> like they're I, homeless. Like it's it. Another thing that's really cool about these two guys too, uh, the brothers, apparently they were responsible for creating a lot of Superman's powers. Like they are the ones that made Superman fly. Right. They're the ones that came up with. They like, came up with the line. Um, like their cartoons are the ones. That yeah, the faster speeding bullet. Than a speeding stronger bullet. Stronger than a well, locomotive. Yeah, that, stronger than a locomotive. Well, and that's, like, a, that's and they came up. They coined that shit. Well, and that's and the thing. It's they building off that original idea. And the thing is, it's like, well, okay, like he's already he's already just walked up to this guy and stopped him. Like, what now? All right. Well, now he can fly. Now he's fast. Now he's got X-ray vision. Now he's, he's got leaping over buildings. Well, their their yeah. cartoons leaned more into the actual like sci-fi fantasy, uh, like topic or like the sci-fi fantasy facet awesome. of the Superman, which was pretty. Because both of them, like I think Max and Dave Fleischer, were both kind of sci-fi nerds, and so they kind of they leaned more into that. So you had like Superman fighting fucking mad scientists with giant robots and stuff and all that cool stuff. I mean, those cartoons Dude. are still. Fucking cool! Like they hold up. They're they're visually so beautiful. It's all Art Deco type things. Like it's kind of it looks a lot where they pulled the inspiration for the Batman. Well, Max is like like Max and Dave Fleischer are direct influences on a lot of uh, actually uh, Japanese like manga creators.
creators, like manga, like one of the, the creator of, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he created Astro Boy. Um, he said a lot of their anime, like their animation styles and all of that stuff was a direct influence on him. And a lot of other creators are like, when we, like when they saw these, they were inspired to do something like this. And they went broke. Yeah, and they went broke. It's I think, I think Max, Max died in at like abject poverty. I think Dave actually went on to actually have a career in the special effects uh, department. He became a special effects advisor for Universal Studios. So, so that's two, two of like the the people who basically laid the groundwork for Superman. The guy we have the guys that actually initially created him, and we had the guys that kind of coined his catchphrases, gave us more of his powers, and made him a little bit more, you know, like more of the Superman that we know today. Two, so four dudes right away, boom, but, broke. Uh, but you know, penniless. The one thing that I I, I just want you to remember is that. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster are like the curse didn't affect them. I believe what was done to them and their immense hatred and created the curse, created the curse so that mm -hmm. their, the misfortune that they had karma was carrying it on to people that would willingly work on this project after the fact. Well, even this, like even the cartoon with, with Max and Dave Fleischer, that was prior to the curse yeah. as well. So maybe that's just adding to it. Maybe that's adding the gravity to the fucking curse. Well, I'd say it's like, right? the, like I said, the 1975 letter, that was like the formal declaration of the curse, but the curse was already kind of already being enacted. Well, you, you got it. You got to think though. You got to think like, yes, he, Jerry Siegel at, in 1975 wrote that, but you got to think that when he was seeing, you know, their Max and Dave, uh, Fleischer's work in 1941, 1943, he wasn't in his head going like, fuck them, I can't, like, you you know what I mean? He was, I imagine he was wishing. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Misfortune. Yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So it's like, the, it was being manifested already, like, right. and it was only gaining power at this point. Uh, the more sorrow. <laughs> uh, uh, the next person that is, I know, a, a, the curse is attributed to their downfall is Kirk Allen, who Kirk Allen was the TV's first live action Superman. Right. And then, uh, like he failed, like after his, yeah. uh, his experience playing Superman, like he failed to find any work after that. Um, he was like, he had been an actual, like successful Broadway star prior to his role as Superman. But then after that, nothing like was able to like, find employment. Like no one would hire him because right. he just—they're like you're Superman. Yeah, you just get typecasted. got typecasted, right? Yeah. He's. Uh, but the one of the one of the bigger ones to kind of be associated with this curse is the uh, is the actor George Reeves, and um, so if anybody's. I don't know if anybody's seen the movie. I haven't seen it. The, the Hollywood Land, the Ben Affleck uh, feature, yeah, Affleck? Ben Affleck feature film is yep. is based around uh, the events that are purported to have surrounded George Reeves. It's like a lot, lot to do with his work. He was TV's second Superman. And he took the role in 1951, and then he suffered a suspicious death in 1959. So Reeves was actually found dead of a gunshot wound day before he was due to get married to his uh, his then fiance, um, his, his death was ruled a suicide, um, that he had taken a gunshot wound to the head, but the fingerprints were never found on the weapon that killed him. Um, and then well, there's a couple of other, uh, mysterious things. There's that, some glaring yeah. shit. Like there, I got a list. Yeah, there's one, like, of, I gotta, one of the things too, is like he, he was struck with the same thing. Like 
he he was typecast instantly Superman. He couldn't get any other work, which kind of sent him into a depression. And the money that he made from Superman, that wealth he had, kind of drove him to start drinking heavily, right? And and yeah, I, I, I believe is, him and his him and his fiance were known to be pretty big uh, parties. Parties, yeah. yeah. And it's it's I mean, he actually shot himself at a party. Well, they were they were having it. There were at least well, two other people in the house at the time. But the thing is, is like a dinner party. They were so there was, they were there so was three. There was three yeah, in the basement. They were so wrecked, but they were all blacked out. Like the, yeah, <laughs> like here, I don't want to spend too much time on George Reeves because he could literally be his own case file. But like, here's a couple things that are like really stood out to me. So a week before his death, he crashed into a telephone pole, and when they brought his car in to fucking fix it. They found that all the brake fluid had been drained from it. During one of his one of his live appearances, a came a kid came up from the crowd and pointed a gun at him and said, Let's see if you're really made of steel. And George is like, whoa, whoa, like, listen, like, if you shoot me, since I'm made of steel, the bullet's gonna reflect off me and kill somebody in the crowd. Like, you probably shouldn't do that, which is like fucking. Buddy, the guy's made of steel. His balls are made of steel. Could you imagine coming up with that on the spot? Dude, that's basically right? dude, like, that's, that's basically cool the scene. Cucumbers. Dude, M. Night Shyamalan 100% stole that. <laughs> oh, really? Well, think about it. In uh, Unbreakable, when his kid points a gun at him and he's like, yeah, shoot me. It's not going to hurt me, but then I'm going to leave and I'm never coming back if you shoot me. Oh, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, like, yeah. he's like, just talks his kid down with the gun. Like That's very similar parallels. I wonder if he stole but, that from that. So, and then to add to the murder, well, or suicide, the suspicious events that happened, like Reeves supposedly came home with his wife. His wife went outside and put the front porch light on, letting him know that, you know, we're open for business. We're we're, we're in the fifties meant they want people to come over and have a little bit of a party. Two other people came over. His wife started having a party. George went upstairs to go to bed, came back down an hour later saying, Hey, shut it down. I'm exhausted. I want to go to bed. Went back upstairs, and that's when they heard him shoot himself. So there's three people in the basement, and and there was you know there's some reports that his fiance walked back downstairs after the gunshot, and people were like, "What was that? What what's going on?" And she goes, "Oh, it's just George. He went and shot himself, dude." Okay, so right? not, that's not even the weirdest part. He was found butt naked. Yeah, not a lot of suicides. You find people butt naked. Not only was there no fingerprints on the gun, there was no gunpowder residue found on Reeves. Uh, the bullet that that Reeves killed himself was recovered from the bedroom ceiling, and the spent shell was found on the floor under his body. Uh, two additional bullets were discovered embedded in the bedroom floor. All three bullets had been fired from the same gun. Right? Yeah. So I guess so. Three fucking so shots. Because the, the official report is suicide, he would shoot, shoot, and then shoot himself in the right temple. Pointing out. Absolutely. And not only was he dealing with issues with alcoholism and he was in, you know, severe depression. He also just ended a a tumultuous like love triangle with Tony Mannix, who was the wife of MGM's uh, vice president and fixer, Eddie Mannix, who is a known associate of Mickey Cohen. And his this guy's first wife died in extremely mysterious ways. Like suicide. Get the fuck out of town. No, another another misfortune to befall a, a Superman uh, you know, one of the supermans. Are we not yeah. paint? Are we painting a good enough picture for you yet? No. Well, there's years. more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably the most famous one, most well recognized misfortune to be attributed to the Superman curse is the uh, unfortunate accident involving or the 
the circumstances surrounding the the injury uh, of Christopher Reeve. So um, Christopher Reeve was played Superman in 1978, and this was the he was an he was an unknown, an unknown nobody. He was a nobody, Absolute nobody. Uh, and this is the movie that was you know formally cursed by uh, Siegel uh, when it when it took form. So. Uh, Christopher Reeve was actually, you know, most people know he was paralyzed from the neck down in a 1995 horse riding accident. Yeah, I think he fractured his C2. Right. He he literally broke his neck so bad that his head was severed from his spine and the doctors had to reattach his head to his spine. That's how bad of it's a break it was. It's amazing that he survived because basically like a, a, a fr- fracture that high is going to shut down everything from the neck blow, like your lungs, everything. You're going to have to be on a ventilator, like he, it's insanity. He, man. the only thing holding his head onto his body was basically the skin and muscle, right? And 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 Greaves was kind of the, I mean, he did Superman one, two, three, four. Four? Four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. four, four, yeah, where he fights. What's I don't think I think four. He fights nukes. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, yeah, but what's the bad guy's name? I can't remember. He scratches him. Remember when he loses his power? Oh, the like oh, atomic man or nuclear man. Not or Adam man. Yeah, atomic man. Like that. Atomic uh, man. Yes. Yeah. So um around around that one, you you have that happening, but also other people on the production as well. I guess uh Lee Quigley, who uh, is the actor who played infant Clark Kent, died at 14 years old from solvent abuse uh, after the uh after his portrayal of the 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 infant. Uh, Superman, baby, right. he was the, the baby. baby. He, yeah, got constantly bullied at school, apparently. Baby um, and kind of led him down the path of self and abuse. Uh, ended up, <laughs> I heard they were like, boy, I literally heard a quote. I'm not trying to be a piece of shit, but they're like, man, you need to slow down while he's huffing solvents. And he's like, I'm fucking Superman's kid, man. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm invincible. That's what he said. <laughs> literally, what they were saying. Uh, and, and the solvent abuse, like I had read something about air fresheners, and I was like, what? Yep. Just huffing air fresheners? You can die from that? Whatever you can huff. I guess so. Uh, And then so one of the other, the actresses or, you know, actors portraying, you had Margot Kidder, uh, who three years after playing Lois Lane, uh, or her last playing Lois Lane, she got into a horrific car accident and then rendered her pretty much unable to work for several years. And this... She she had partial, she had partial, uh, like, paralysis on her left side. Yeah, from this accident, which is, which is, I thought was strange and a little bit, you know, quite the coincidence that her co-star was completely paralyzed. I think Margot got lucky, or Margot. What was it? What, how do you pronounce it? Margot. Margot. And then uh, she suffered even after Margot. healing from the accident. She suffered. <laughs> Margot. She suffered a nervous breakdown hey, in 1996, and which was pretty pretty well publicized. I think as a fucking dude, what? an epic. A meltdown like, of literally everything. somebody's sitting there looking in his backyard in a woodpile being like, uh, 911, I think Lois Lane is in my backyard. She she literally was like living with hobos, being like, Why are we hobos here? Let's go somewhere better. Uh, Let's go to the woods, man. Let's go to the woods. Her mental breakdown <laughs> makes Britney Spears look like a fucking She was trip the first to one to do it. Yeah. She hacked off her hair right. and everything. She went she full attempted, Britney She attempted Britney. to take her own life uh, in 2007? Or no, 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 sorry. Yeah, she uh, she attempted, she eventually attempted to take her own life to try to get away. Uh, and pretty much, had, like we said, she had been living on the streets. Uh, I mean, but fortunately, she has made a recovery and claims to have not had another manic episode since 2007. 
And then she came back and played Lois Lane for about five minutes and yeah. Superman yeah, sure. three, I think. Yeah. While she yeah. had an affair with Richard with Pryor, Richard Pryor. <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, that's right. The entire time. She literally, in an interview, was like, oh yeah, we just fucked all the time. <laughs> Quote, like unquote. Um, uh, we weren't serious. Just fucking. That's what she said. Just smash uh, one of the heavy hitters that had suffered misfortune at the hands of the allegedly the hands of the Superman curse. Yeah, Marlon Brando. So Marlon Brando played Jor-El in the 1978 film Superman's father, uh, biological father, and uh, he died within three months of Christopher Reeve oh, after cool. he died. Listen, so much more than that. So I much mean, more. Yeah, than that. Yeah, so much more than dude, that. He Marlon Brando. So they they talk. They a lot of people think that this movie was the beginning of the end for Marlon Brando because Marlon Brando, I did, this is a fact that I didn't know, which blew my fucking mind. They say that this 1978 film, that Marlon Brando had the best deal of all time as an actor. He got paid for, it was seven minutes of screen time or eight minutes, eight minutes of screen time. He was paid $4 million, which at the time was unheard of. And he got a 16% share of the profits yeah. from the sh- I film. I didn't think he had to do any dialogue. It was just a monologue. He was like speaking through the crystals, right? He just shows up. Yes. And he's just like, hey, what's up? And then- No, he, 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 does, he has a couple no, scenes no, no, holding he's, the baby. You see him in the beginning. He holds the baby. Uh, he holds the baby and stuff. Up. He probably but showed like, up for all just one day of work. And they, they, say, they, they say that this is the first film where he just phoned it in, where he like walked in. He didn't, he's like, I don't believe in memorizing my lines. I'm just going to read he had a piece of paper. He was like looking down before he recorded. Just holding up the kid. You could have been a contender. Yeah. And oh they God. say, they say like this film, a lot of people speculate because he made, and this movie was, this movie, this first movie was a fucking absolute smash hit. Smash hit. Like Marlon Brando made so much money on this that he just didn't care anymore. Like after this film, he just didn't give a fuck. He like well, ate himself to near death. Like he was fat as fuck. After he didn't personal care. Personal life was in complete fucking shambles though too. Like after this movie, it's like wild what happened to him. Dude, his like you can't. This is bad fucking luck, right? Like he again, he makes all this money because his his whole thing was he wanted to create a life for his family, and this movie was the catalyst of this. Like I'm set now. I've made it. Even if I do nothing left, the money from this Superman film will last me, my kids, and my kids' kids. That's how much money we're making off this goddamn movie. Except. You know, very publicly, Marlon Brando's son goes to jail for murdering his daughter's boyfriend. Right? Shot him. Right? Yeah. Apparently, she claimed that her boyfriend, whom she had just had a baby with, was beating her. So Marlon Brando's son murders the boyfriend. She dies. And then his daughter comes forward and being like, I'm not even sure if he actually beat me. I might have fabricated that. Right. So then he gets sentenced. Five years later. Sentenced. 10 years in jail. He's gone. Marlon Brando took the stand and he was crying on the stand saying, blame me. Don't blame him. Life is in turmoil. His only, his only son, 10 years in prison. And then five years later, that daughter hangs herself. Right. Like his whole legacy, everything that he was building for. His heir is gone. Everything. And you know, by all accounts, Marlon Brando turned into a recluse, right? He hated the press. He hated everything. He's lost both kids, right? Like terrible time for Marlon Brando. And a lot of people believe that the start of this catalyst of terrible events for him was Superman. 
And so the and and to be honest, honest, if you look at it, if you look at it, his deal. If you think about what Schuster and and Siegel like were mad about, they were mad about that greed, that money monster, right? And you look at Brando, who like you you could say that like it was an immense like amount of money they set spent on just him to have a star in the film. Like that was an immense amount of greed. So maybe that ties into that curse of like the, the baseline of what Schuster and Siegel were upset about. Absolutely. Uh, so you also have the curse extending out apparently to the 2006 um, Superman Returns. And then you have Kate Bosworth who attributed her breakup with uh, Orlando Bloom, who she had been dating uh, to the curse. Well, it didn't even t- like, what about Richard Pryor? Yeah, Richard. Richard Pryor got hired for quite possibly the I'm reluct- worst I'm re- Superman. Yeah, I'm reluctant to put him in there because it's like Richard Pryor had what? a lot of problems before Superman. He he did. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't have MS. Right? People He got the diagnosis right, right after, after he Superman. Uh so a lot of people tribute Richard Pryor's uh downfall to that. And he and he was he was basically hired on that Superman 4 as, as the token black guy. Like just that it's literally like everyone in the, the cast is like, relief. that's this is why we had him because we wanted to you know, bring on someone, and he was that. Well, they, and, want, they they tried for like a slapstick kind of comedy approach to it, and I think that's probably why it did as poorly as it did. Yeah, but but we'll get boys. We haven't even talked about the biggest name yet, the biggest name to be taken out by the Superman curse. Who's that? JFK. <laughs> that's right. That's JFK. That's right. It's hundred percent. No, it, it is. It, it, um, Superman 170, Superman's mission for President Kennedy. The issue hit the stands the week after Kennedy's assassination. He there was this big. What was it? He was the. Like, come on. He had the. What was it like? The get fit. Get fit. Get fit program, like all orchestrated. So it was like JFK and Superman are doing this. Are teaming up together, and it's like so that was obviously planned and in the works because if it hit the print a week after, obviously it'd been in the works a long time. He dies a week before it's released. Murdered. And it was Shot too late for the by bullet. a magic bullet. Come on. Right? Shot by fucking Schuster and Siegel, more like it. Who's on that growth grassy <laughs> knoll? There's some pool there's some pool claims. Were the, the boys on the knoll wa- or whatever? We <laughs> want to know where Schuster and Siegel were. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So and then even video game, right. even video games creators. There are, are yeah, there are other misfortunes that are, are a bit tangential to the actual, like not actors or actresses uh, working or portraying Superman, but you actually have uh, the Nintendo sixty four <laughs> Superman game, worst uh, game ever made, yeah, is, is pretty much universally panned for bad graphics, uh, glitched gameplay, and a whole bunch of other fucking problems. Uh, and it is pretty much it is rated the worst game ever released on the Nintendo sixty four system. So that's a, I I don't think they've ever been able to make a good Superman game. Like it's it's something that people have uh I think I think it's been a kind of a thing, but I think that's almost something that people don't want to work on it because they don't they can't do it. It's it or the technology's not there. Nobody's ever really wanted to do it because it's such a uh it's such a daunting challenge to kind of make a good Superman game <laughs> apparently. Um so I mean, then you have other things that are associated with Superman, like you have the uh, the arrest, uh, the, the charging and the arrest of the Smallville actress, Allison Mack, where she had, was the whole yeah. involved in the whole big old sex trafficking. Uh, yeah, what 
cult, sex cult what thing was going it? on. Nixum, NX, IBM, Allen. That's right. But you know what? Like, yes, loosely, she was involved, and we say maybe. But uh, you know, I'll say those, those were her choices. Uh, but maybe those choices were driven by Superman. By curses. By curses. What about uh, Kevin Spacey? Guy's a piece of shit, too. Yeah. Doing some shady stuff. Again. He was involved. Right? Yeah. So may- maybe right. when you start tying these people who also are like, you know, have ill will, it just adds to the power of this thing. Well, and and uh, I fucking totally forgot about it, but uh, Zack Schneider, right? He had to fucking take a step away from the Justice League movie because that's, his daughter committed suicide. That's right. I forgot about that. That's horrible. Right? Terrible. What? I, I don't even think that one's been attributed to the curse, but you, it could be. I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, those, these are the these, these are usually the the most of the cases that are laid out as evidence to support the idea that there is a curse on the Superman character franchise. Uh, there, there is a curse. I mean, we've just laid it out. All these people that are touched by it, directly linked, have all these wild misfortunes. Um, you know, bred from these two creators that have hate in their hearts for losing their losing control of something they created. Um, you know, one of them even says like they they voiced the, the I curse this, and I'm it brought into existence I, and put pen to paper exactly. And I'm saying that even though he wrote it in 1975, he was thinking it long before. He was thinking it long before the the intent for the curse was already in his mind and in his heart long before. And, and, you know, you put those conscious thought, you can, you can make things happen. And especially like, again, it's not like I can just, Oh, I want to, you know, I want to think of something. It's like, this man was pat like passionate. This is a hatred that unmatched, unmatched his livelihood, something that he loved. He created gone. Um, I can't even imagine. Uh, let's take a quick beer break. When we come back, we're going to do the case against the curse. And oh, okay. do you guys quick ad? Oh, go ahead. Cool. And uh, no, why we uh, why we were against, the case against it? Uh, why we don't believe it? And then we'll get into closing arguments right after the beer break. Order, order in court. I said order. I demand order. <laughs> Uh, I saw that, Dan. Uh, now we're going to get to the, you know, the arguments against the cursed. Uh, first off, it's preposterous to believe in this thing. Uh, my first point of why I don't believe the curse exists, and neither should you, is that it didn't affect everyone, right? This curse didn't affect everyone, and it didn't, like, if you think about some of the leading men that have played Superman since there's a long line of people who this curse is seemingly just decided to turn a blind eye to. Like who? Henry, Henry Cavill, Dean Cain, Brandon Routh, what Routh, Ruth, what's his last name? He Routh. just suffered from bad. Well, he must be, he must be prospering even though you don't know his last name. <laughs> well, he suffered from a case of bad <laughs> acting, but that had nothing to do with the curse. Look, Tom Wellings, John Williams, uh, right. Previous new creators of Superman comics, DC new 52. There's, there's a ton of people who have made money off Superman and the Superman product who have just, you know, profited from it and haven't seen any misfortune that they attribute to it. 
Yeah. And you, when you think about it, like most of those ones that you mentioned are, those are like the newer things, probably what, 90s and on, but it goes all the way back yeah. to like even 1966. Apparently there was a Superman musical produced uh, in 1966 called It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. And um, <laughs> <laughs> the Bob Holiday was the act, uh, was the actor who portrayed Superman. And he said that his experience after playing Superman have been highly beneficial like ever since then. So, I mean, that's at least going back that far that it hasn't really affected all these people. And I think one of, I mean, you could really say that one of the biggest names, like, I mean, even if we're trying to say that associating yourself with any of these films is going to affect you. I mean, look at John Williams. Like John Williams has done fantastic work and maybe some of his best work on Superman. Some people would argue like that score is the best, one of the best scores in cinema history. And that theme is, that Superman theme is fucking Dun, 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 Amazing. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know how it goes. Actually, I can't remember. <laughs> it's close. You're close. I mean, for me, anybody that believes this fucking curse, I just it, it's outrageous. It's preposterous. It's egregious. Ludicrous. All right. Simple as this. Curse over. They made restitution. They gave Schuster and Siegel a twenty thousand dollar pension a year for the rest of their lives. They made amends, all right? They came back when they didn't have to give these guys anything. And they gave these men money, all right? They settled anything. They, they, they trumped the ill will when they didn't have to give them anything. You know, if you want me to believe that this film is cursed, then the film, the production itself would have been cursed. Superman would have got sucked into a giant fan and he would have been diced into fucking pieces. Like, why are people seemingly going down from this curse years, five, ten, whatever, years after the fucking movie's done? That doesn't make any sense to me. The, the production would be cursed. The movie would have never made it to the fucking, to the theaters. The first movie was a huge success. Yeah, while, made, dude, cinematic history, this movie. Absolutely. Right? The, the fact that the way they made Superman fly and stuff had never been done before. It, at, the, at the time, this was groundbreaking, cutting edge. This 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 movie was huge. It made stars of the whole entire cast, right? And it, it's like it, again, if you if you're someone who believes this curse, moronic, idiotic, stupendous. No, stupendous is a good word. Stupid, just stupid. I, uh, it's the and the reason is because like if if you think about all the movies and all the projects that Superman, he's a huge pop culture icon. You take this huge group of people. And then you limit the bad things that happen to some of that group and you go, it's got to be a curse. I mean, you could do that with literally anything. You could say the NHL is cursed. The NFL is cursed. Look at how many bad things have happened to players in the NFL. It must be cursed, right? Because of their greed and their their want for money, right? It, it, when you start to look at these little things that happen it, and you try to put it together as coincidence, you, you know, it, it's easy. It's easy to find things that that line up to your narrative. Like, what do we already know going into this? Hollywood's a messy place. Actors, batshit crazy. Corporations are evil. Yeah. This is stuff we've already known. It doesn't take a curse to fucking know that shit. Right? This kind of stuff happens on a daily basis. Yeah, it's it's easy to foment the idea of a, a, a curse or unfortunate events with people who are associated with the, the Superman franchise when you cherry pick your you cherry pick your data, your data, your data points. So it's a lot of these things. I mean, some of these, some of these accidents are not even as bad as they could have been. Uh, like Margot Kidder uh, is famously dismissive of the actual notion of the curse. She is aware of it. And she, she had some remarks in a 2002 interview where she said that 
I mean, she's, she said it was rubbish and she said the idea just cracks her up. Um, when she was in her car accident, uh, she actually had hit a telegraph pole. And if she hadn't ki- like hit that telegraph pole, which had prevented after rolling three times, she would have dropped off a 50, 50 foot cliff into a ravine. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a miracle. It's as, yeah, it's not as bad as it as it could have been. It's, or she was actually well, and lucky, that's the same like you know, that's so. the same with Christopher Reeve. Like he, by all accounts, should have died. He should have died. It's a miracle that he lived, right? And you think that all the good work he did for you know spinal injuries and and, and what a figure he was for people uh, uh, who are paralyzed or and quadriplegics, like what a role model he was for those kind of people. He did so much good after the incident too. I, I don't I don't think that this was like a cursor of then his life went downhill. Like he's he's he still lived afterwards. What are you laughing at? He did. He just. No, I'll save it for. I'll he, save it. He for just the breathed through a tube. Just breathed through a tube. Didn't really this go that This is arguments down the against. It's not that terrible. He lo- hey, he lived life. Some some would say like guys like Zell would say he was jealous. Sitting all day, it's his dream. All right, no walking. Nothing wrong with that. That's not what I'm saying. That's what Zell said. Just so <laughs> if anyone's getting upset, I never said that. Uh, yeah, to, to me, this is this is equivalent to the um, to the whole Bond girl curse, where it's like a lot of the uh, people will say that you know once you once you're a Bond girl, you'll never you like you'll never go back to like legit yeah. acting career. Where it's like you've had lots <laughs> of Bond girls who have gone on to become successful after it. Like just like uh, Jane Seymour comes straight to mind. Like she's yeah, it, fine. Well, and, <laughs> afterward. and like and to be honest, like a lot of the Bond girls are hired for their looks. Uh, and they couldn't act their way out of a paper bag. Yeah. They're there for or the, eye candy. Like, or most of them be, are just unknowns. Like they're not. They're not yeah. huge in things. So that's where they kind of get. Like a lot of the Supermen, that got cast because they have black hair and blue eyes and look handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They they cast a boxer. I mean, like, what's his name? Was the boxer George Reeves George was, was a boxer. Was a boxer, right? He yeah. just had the. He was a prototype look. Like he was an actor. Before, well, exactly. Right? Like that's. I mean, to be honest with you, like George Reeves is kind of the reason why. That is the prototype look. Yeah. Well, he looked like the initial comics. Like he was. Well, yeah, but he kind of helped form what we see as Superman now. Yeah. It's. And again, like when you look at these things in in the and the curse again, it's 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 easy to look at all these situations and stuff. And you know, like with the N sixty four game and stuff, we start getting in that realm. It's like, well, you know, you could make the argument that like what video game like in that time for there, there was a long time now and I'm going to leave out the present time because there's been some good video game movies or video games that have been based off comics, but like video games that are based off movies and stuff like that have historically not done very well. Not even, but I'm going to say, it. I love N64. 50% of N64 oh, games trash. are bad. Real bad. But trash. you remember Blast Corps? Really that was the worst game There's on the fucking like planet. good N64 games. <laughs> That's what I yeah, mean. When, and the good ones were amazing, but a lot of them were fucking trash. Well, and it's funny right? you like should say that because Superman is, is ranked the lowest of N64 games. What they don't tell you is that it's tied with 65% of the other titles for last place, <laughs> right? So it, it's easy to look that in the eye. And then, you know, when you start to lean onto like, you know, the Kevin Spacey's and the Allison Max and stuff, now you're just, now you're grasping for straws because now you're just 
choosing bad people that have been associated with Superman who are making bad choices and going, it must be the curse. It's like, no, those people are just pieces of shit. How about that? Like, let's call it as we see it. Those people are pieces of shit. That has nothing yeah, to stuff, do. Don't stuff be, associated with don't them is a result of their choice. Superman. But it's, yeah. It's not, not, I can't chalk it up to some curse or supernatural things. Like, no. Kevin these- Spacey didn't get on the stand and go, I, I raped those men because I was on Superman. <laughs> right? That never happened. It's awful. Because that's not a defense, because it's not real. That's why. Plain and simple, this curse is lewd. It's lascivious, it's salacious, and it's outrageous. Yeah. Ditto. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. You must acquit. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and again, you just like looking at it with a common sense perspective, as a rational individual, you have to, you just have to see through that. Like curses, right? Is, is this a real thing? Is who is going to curse Superman? Like a comic yeah. book character I think. is now going to ruin the lives of hundreds of hundreds of people who even say say the name, right? Um, it's not a Macbeth. It's not. Well, I'm saying, but I, I was going to draw a parallel between the two, like the two things. So Macbeth, Macbeth, extremely popular Shakespeare player, one of the best. Uh, and like- Real curse. And, and curse. But the thing is, it's like, you could say a lot of the stuff that has come from Macbeth. Like there's a thing, um, while I was researching for this, I ran, I found out about the Astor Place Riot, which is actually an event that is took place during a, a, a Macbeth play. And uh, it was something that kind of was led up between this, this weird rivalry between two, like a, a British actor, and an American actor who had both uh, portrayed Macbeth. And I guess there was this huge kind of uh, uh, rivalry between them and their fans. Like they had rabid fans. And this this riot that took place uh, in, what was it? Uh, May 10th of 1849, 20 people died because, because the people were mad about say, like talking shit about one of the actors. Like the American, I think it was, uh, um, this was uh, May 10th in... Was in Manhattan, like in a, like a Manhattan Playhouse, which is now since demolished. But um, there hey, had man. been it's right around fucking games. Yeah, in New people York have been time, talking dude. shit about them. Uh, one of the actors and fucking broke out. But uh, there are some historians that attribute like direct draw a direct line between the Astor Place riot and the like militarization of U- the United States police force because this is when they actually started formally training them in riot and equip- like equipping them with like riot gear and training them in riot tactics. Like it's, it's one of those things. That's just a really weird association with this, but, um, so, so yeah, but I'm saying between like Macbeth <laughs> and like, just saying Macbeth is such a, uh, like a, such a huge ranging thing. And it has so many, it's, it has such a large effect, such a large reach. Um, you could associate it with tons of people and things. It's been around such a long time. Same thing with Superman. When Superman is, you know, covers so many types of media and you have so many people who have worked on it, comic books, uh, movies, video games, all of that, all of these media, which should have hundreds, if not, you know, thousands of people who have worked on it. Of course, some bad stuff is going to happen to some of those people. So it's kind of easy to find up, find yeah. evidence to kind of support your, <laughs> your hypothesis for this thing, but it doesn't really hold up to any kind of legitimate scrutiny. It doesn't seem to anyways. All right. Uh, any other last points, Andrew? I mean, against? Against, yes. We getting after us. No. All right. So, uh, at this point, we're going to close the case for the argument against Superman, and we're going to open up closing arguments. Uh, I, I, I'll start. Listen, 
listen carefully. There's powers in this world, in this universe that we just don't even fathom. We don't understand. We can't quantify. We, we, we have no realm of understanding. We have no realm of comparison. When you have two people that are so passionate about a creation, imagine you create something. That's your life work. And it gets taken from you. And other people then say it's their work. And you watch everyone upon everyone just profit immensely from this little thing that you created that someone else took. The hatred and the negativity that is brewed from that, from Schuster and Siegel, is, it's unbelievable. And there's power in that. I don't, I don't, when you, when you will something, it will be. And when you put this kind of conscious thought and negativity towards something, I believe that there's power. There's power to our conscious thought. You know, there's, there's experiments that can quantify that. And you, you, you can see that in the double slit experiment. There's something that you, we can do to this observable universe that we don't understand. That's a fact. And I, I've been told, I've been told Siegel's got gypsy blood. Right. And, and my thing is when you when people make the argument that this curse didn't affect everyone, it didn't affect the Henry Cavills, it didn't affect the Brandon Ruths and, and the Dean Keynes and stuff. That's because Roth. That's because Yeah, I think it's Brandon That's Ralph. because Schuster and Se- Schuster and Siegel Schuster. Schuster and Siegel had passed away. Right? And 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 yes, people will say their families have carried on, their families have been fighting for this. But those two people had the most skin in the game. They were the most affected by the Superman curse and, and wished it upon people who were involved with Superman. And when they died and when they passed away, that hatred and that like conscious, nonstop conscious in the back of your head thinking, I, I fucking hope everything is besmirched. I curse them. This That died with them. And that's why I believe that you know, people returned to Superman in 2005 with Superman Returns because they were banking on that they were free from this curse. And and, and I, I, I would point to the fact that since their deaths, you haven't seen as much negative energy and, and negative things happen around the Superman name and genre. And that's because they died. So I, I truly believe that there is powers that we don't understand and I believe that they, with their like their just pure hatred and just ups, how angry they were, manifested this curse early on in nineteen in the nineteen forties. I personally believe that not only did they curse us, but this is something. This no matter what DC used their product for, this is something they were passionate about. This was their baby. This was their imprint that they left on humanity and the world. This was their legacy. And when you go through the variety of the different Supermans and the different levels to where they've been cursed, right? You look at Kirk Allen. Kirk Allen never successfully acted in anything again. And the small things that he did really didn't make him much money or notoriety, right? Didn't get famous. Then you go to Reeves. Reeves was quite a bit more popular than Kirk, okay? He didn't get successful. So then he started using the costume for public appearances, and greed, and filling his pockets personally, and not portraying Superman, but doing it for himself. Okay, not only that, he was an alcoholic. He was besmirching the good name of Superman. So it makes sense to me that his punishment was more severe. 
Okay, he was taken out by a kryptonite bullet, no less, I'd imagine. Had to be. Killed Superman, right? Okay, so we go through this. Then you look at, we look at Christopher Reeve. He came in with the best intentions and he wanted to make Superman great and he got paid and he did well and the movie did well and we're gonna curse it and we don't want it to do well, but you know what, it did well anyways. But he stuck with it. And then he put out a second one that wasn't very good and a third one that was fucking awful, and a fourth one that was fucking trash, and made a complete mockery of Superman, all right? So he got taken out in a fucking severe way, okay? You want to argue, oh, well, Brandon Routh. Who the fuck is Brandon Routh? I saw him in Zack and Mary make a porno, and that was about it. He's making WB fucking crappy shows. Guy's a no-name now, okay? Tom Welling, cheaper by the dozen? I'm pretty sure that's the last time I saw him, <laughs> all right? I'm being serious. I don't know where the fuck yeah. he's been. Right? And then we get Henry Cavill. Well, you know what? Henry's pretty fucking successful. Maybe they had to curse an object. Maybe they had to bring it into existence. And maybe the first thing, for whatever reason, they thought of was a pair of red ginch. <laughs> maybe the red ginch are fucking cursed, boys. He was the first Superman not to wear them. Yeah, 100%. And yet he's still putting out blockbusters. All right. Well, hey, I got a counterpoint okay. to that red ginch, right? If you think the red ginch is a is a the point of contention of perhaps that is some defiled object that that is the point. It's just, it's just the fucking thing that's in the shrine that they used. To All right. Well, here's my counterpoint to that one, my friend, is that if you're going to believe that they besmirch some red underwear, what happened to Nicolas Cage's Superman who didn't and was not going to be wearing red ginch? He had a solid suit, right? And then he still went broke. And he still went broke. The curse still <laughs> yeah, affected him, my friend. Didn't Ben Affleck wear <laughs> yeah. that outfit in Hollywood land? And like he And he got fucked too. I mean, no, he's doing pretty good. He's played Batman. Well, he is now, but he got he was an alcoholic. He almost pissed away his career. He got divorced. Well, he's also remarried to Jennifer Lopez. So I mean, it's hard to He's the only actor to, to have played Superman and I'm, Batman. <laughs> when did he play Superman in? Oh, in, in, in Hollywood Land. Land. He yeah. In Hollywood Land. Land. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's my that's my argument to that is like it, it, I wouldn't say it's the red underwear because you have other instances of actors who weren't going to wear it that suffered immensely, right? And uh, I, you know, now like to make the argument against again, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's tough to look at because we're just lining up these people, we're lining up beliefs, right? It's, it's you're saying Nicolas Cage is a case. For I'm saying he's a counterpoint to Andrew's point that perhaps it's the underwear. He didn't wear the ginch, but he only put it on temporarily. That's true, right? Right. But if you look at that script, even the script, like what we, you know, we've we've been uh, fortunate enough to have the script for that movie has been widely talked about. You know, uh, riddled with <laughs> issue polar bears and lasers Giant guarding. Spiders. Giant spiders. Giant spiders, yeah, right? yeah, like That we saw in Wild Wild West. Nature's right? deadliest it's, killers, man. Um, um, I'm looking at a picture of him in costume, and he is wearing red ginch. Is he really? I thought he had a... Yeah, it could be photoshopped, because I see two. I see a top one where he's not. Yeah, I'm confused. So you're saying counterpoint, is. like it's supporting so. Andrew's thing? Are you saying Nicolas Cage no, is Superman? You're saying... No, 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 no. I was saying, because Andrew said, maybe they, maybe they cursed 
maybe like the curse was attached to an object and that object would be the red ginch right. because some people who haven't worn the red ginch have become successful like Henry Cavill. And I said, my counterpoint to that would be that Nick Cage in some of his screen tests was wearing a suit that did not include red ginch. And he still I would, I'd argue, was not successful. I would argue that Nicholas Cage is one of the most successful people on the planet. He went broke <laughs> because he was a dummy and climbed himself out of that yeah, fucking hole. Yeah, in his how can you say fucking Nicholas okay? Cage is not a success? I can't, he's more recognizable than Henry Cavill. The good so, name no, of I don't, Cage I don't count that. Hey, I, listen, Fuck no. you. there was a reason why we left <laughs> Nick Cage out of this discussion is because no one wants to talk bad about Nick Cage. Nobody. All right. We, Nobody. Listen, I listen. I, hey, listen, Nicholas Cage, keep it out of your mouth. I speak for everyone on this podcast when I say we would have bought two tickets each to go see Nicolas Cage's Superman, right? Superman lives, right? Superman right? lives. Superman lives. Starring Nick yeah. Cage. And guess what? You could make that movie tomorrow and I'd be in the lineup. Absolutely. I, even probably, probably more so now than back then. So I don't, I don't think he's part of the curse. I don't think he was I don't cursed. Think you can curse. So Nicolas I continue Cage. to say that the red ginch are cursed. Dan, why do you, him. closing argument, why do you think, give her a closing argument for the curse, Dan. For the curse? For the curse. Uh, again, you guys have covered it all pretty good. I, I don't really got anything. <laughs> the, red the Red Ginch. Dan was on the same thought process as I was. All right. And uh, the arguments against curse, it's preposterous. It's ludicrous. It's salacious. Egregious. just going to pull Seinfeld quotes. This is Jackie Chan. Yeah. Uh, I, I I do declare that it is preposterous. Uh, it's confirmation bias, right? It's we're we're looking at this huge genre of things, and you're weeding out. Yes, okay, yeah, you know some bad things have happened to the people who have been involved with Superman, but you could say that for all forms of media, all genres. I guarantee you that we could write a list of sob stories for people who have been involved with Spider-Man and Batman and any other kind of pop culture icon that has been around for as long as Superman. We could write a list and, and, and sit here today and tell you that there is some sort of curse upon this popular icon but we're not going to because it is ludicrous uh yeah i think we i've I, I, we covered it pretty well where it's a, yeah it's easy to it's easy to kind of animate this this type of narrative of uh having a certain thing a curse when you have so many people associated with a character or a, a subject matter or something like that so it's yeah when you when you cherry pick your data like it's pretty simple to kind of be like yeah these things happen to these people who are associated with it what was it like the, the andrew had mentioned like some of the people who are associated with like the dvd what was it the superman returns yeah the making of the by the dvd yeah, and they got returns, like, and, one guy was assaulted another guy fell down a yeah. thing of stairs and, and then another guy got pushed through a plate they're glass like, window like, to pull that stuff in too but i'm like what about the people who worked on the other dvds of the other movies <laughs> Like yeah. It's just that one, or the movie. VHSs. Yeah, the VHSs. Right? Is, you know, with the Blu-ray releases. Like, is the, those people get something bad happen to them? So I, I don't know. It's just one of those things that, um, you know, people like to to throw out there with with some of these things. I don't, I don't really see the impetus behind it. I'm not sure why, like, why you would want to do this. I suppose. I, I think the just the George Reeves one and the Christopher Reeve one are the ones that people kind of 
tend to focus on Gravitate those to. ones because you have the yeah. appeal of George Reeves' mysterious death. It's got all the, uh, you know, the gets all the true crime people drooling. Um, you've got the Christopher Reeve who is kind of set. To a, a super, he was a superstar. Yeah, he was going to be a superstar. superstar. Like he was, I mean, they, they said he kind of got typecast thing. He was good though. He was a good actor. Yeah. Like in other movies, he was, he was he's phenomenal. Well, he was good in Superman, but in his other films too, like he's pretty good. <laughs> um, I know I saw him in another comedy. I can't remember what the, the the name of the comedy was, but man, I really liked him in that. And I was like, wow, I thought this guy was just Superman, but you know, he had chops, like you know, and it's just uh, really unfortunate to have those things. Uh, it it has that appeal of someone who is you know the superstar who something you know gets something unfortunate happens to them, it, it, you know extremely tragic, uh, end to his career, uh, essentially. And, you know, that draws people into the kind of the whole curse of seeing the, the downfall of, of somebody that, um, you know, that full of life and kind of potential and all of this. And then just having that kind of horrible thing happen to him, you know, people like tend to like to focus well, on those things. Cruel irony yeah. as well, right? Like you're Superman, right. you're invincible, you're the man mm -hmm. of steel. And then for that to happen to you, like it's, you go from portraying the world's strongest man to yeah. being a well, head, and basically. well, Dan, to a to a point to yours, I'm like, you know, um, maybe it's maybe it's one of those things that these people who portrayed Superman early on were, you know, befell by the curse because they had no respect for the character, they had no idea of its origins, they didn't care, they were there to make money, they signed on for the script because it was a payday. They did they didn't have any, you know interest in Superman. They didn't know the source material. They were there because there was a casting call for Superman and they showed up and read a script and they wanted a payday. Whereas like, you know, after that, we've seen, you know, Henry, Henry Cavill, who is a humongous Superman fan, right? So may, maybe the curse spares people who are respectful to the source material and have a passion much like, uh, Siegel and and Schuster. Well, and almost you can make the case that Siegel and Schuster, like it's like their concept of Superman is very different from the Superman that we have today. It's, 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 you're not wrong. I mean, it's like he's he's you're just, not wrong. He was going around beating up. He was just a guy yeah, with a guy cape. beating up wife beaters <laughs> with marginal strength. Like it's uh, you know if that's the, their portrayal of Superman, um, but the Superman we have today has fucking laser sight. And all of this, which I found all powers, X -ray X -ray vision, vision. which is X-ray vision is the reason why Superman could not enlist in the United States Army. I did not know that. <laughs> what? Why was that? Um, originally, and in, in when they were publishing Superman, he was already a pretty popular character during World War II. Um, people were kind of pushing for the idea to Superman to kind of take a side. And they wanted him to kind of enlist oh. in the, the, you know, expected him to enlist in the, the American Army. But the thing is, one of the editors had the idea uh, it, to have him fail the vision test in order to be, get enlisted. Uh, and so what happens is like they put, they kind of set up the scene where Superman is getting the vision test and he uses his x-ray vision and accidentally reads another letter board on the other side of the wall. So therefore he fails the vision test and doesn't have to enlist and he just stays Superman. <laughs> it's it a pretty clever idea when they did that. Pretty interesting. Uh, well, yeah, because we, we can't have them just ending the war. Right, exactly. Like That's, that. that was, that on, was right? kind of the it's idea just... behind it. It's like you can't just, you can't have Superman go in there and end the war and then, you know, the war drags on for some... Melting Hitler's yeah. face. And yeah, you can't everything. really do yeah, something like fair. that to 
the war is going to drag on naturally, then they no. didn't want that to happen. Just have them go around the world the wrong way <laughs> in reverse time. That's fine. Now, that's more reasonable. Uh, any any last comments uh, for or against there, gentlemen? Before we go to verdict? All right. Well, this portion of the show, we're going to head to the verdict. And that's, well, that's what you think. Uh, because you've listened to the case for, you've listened to the case against, you've listened to us argue for, you've listened to us argue against. Now it's up to you, the listener. Let us know what you think. Is the Superman curse real? Is there uh, powers that we don't understand uh, that we can't fathom that we're at work here? Or is this a load of hooey, right? Uh, Head to our socials, uh, Instagram, uh, Alien Theorist Podcast. Check out the Curse of Superman post. Let us know in the comments if you're for or against the curse. And uh, let's get a discussion going. We want to know what you think. And uh, maybe we'll announce the verdict uh, next week or something. All right. Uh, With that, we got got a theorite of the week. We do. This week's theorite of the week is Nancy O'Brien. I think... Uh, for I think this is it. I think the, no. I think this might be a two timer for Nancy O'Brien. I don't really I think so. Maybe. Well, she had to get it because she posted fucking pickle daddy. Yeah, pickle daddy <laughs> was pretty funny. She posted pickle daddy. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Amazing. I don't know how she found pickle daddy, but she did. So now pickle baby's got a pickle right. daddy. Home of number one pickle daddy and pickle baby. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So congratulations, uh, Nassine O'Brien, for, I believe it's two-time Theorist of the Week. Uh, pretty funny post. I liked it. Again, you can, you can send us a funny meme, post it on the group. Sometimes you can just be active on a group. Sometimes it's just a witty comment that makes us laugh. Um, or give us a five-star review wherever you get podcast reviews. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you can leave us a five-star review. Leave us a nice five-star review. We read them all. And perhaps that will get you. Even the mean Even ones, the mean, we, we really hang on the mean ones. Yeah, we really hang. Yeah. The mean ones really I affect actually, us. Yeah, I have them hung up on my wall. Yeah. Sadomasochist to read them. Um, this week, uh, we've got a bunch of new Patreon supporters. If you want to support us on Patreon, it helps the show immensely. You get access to over 250 hours of bonus content. Uh, including After Hours, D&D, Nerds, Japan Drew and Danime, Confidentials. The list goes on and on and on. So head to patreon.com slash Alien Theorist Podcast. And thank you to our newest um, supporters. I think I can... I, oh, is that... Yeah, I got it going. Uh, Reed S.E. Matthew Cormier. Big Mike with the year pledge. Kyle Van Dyne. Sarah Jones at $25 per month. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Another $25 pledge by Dixie Normus. That's Dixie Normus. $5 per month by Myra Jones. I'm pretty sure that was a Bond, that was a Bond girl name. Or was that... Austin Powers. I can't remember. Austin Powers, Austin I think. Powers. Uh, $3 a month by Trent Stymus. Uh, $5 by Brick. Brian Winborn. Camille Zawadski. 
Oh, a huge one-year pledge by Abinks. And last but not least, Dina Osborne. Thank you so much for your pledges. Now, normally we end this, but should we just should we just keep it going a little bit? Should we just keep it going a little bit? I guess. <laughs> you want to do a little? You want to do a little after hour? Little after hour bonus. This is a little sneak peek for all you listen. We're not going to sneak away to after hours just quite yet. Uh, tell a couple funny stories. Um, me and Zell went to Tofino. Uh, it's the literally the best place to surf in, in BC. How many places so, uh, are there to surf in BC? Tofino. <laughs> yeah, that's one. That's it. <laughs> All right. There, there is a there is a couple other places. There's Euclid. There's a couple other places on the island where you can surf in Campbell River, but it's very rocky. So it's when the time's right for surfing, you don't want to fall basically because you will hurt yourself. Um, so me and Zell were talking about going surfing. Uh, he was like, "Ah, oh, let's do it. fuck it, fuck it, let's do it." So we go down to the surf shop and. Uh, he's had one lesson, I think five years ago. And, you know, my, my thought process was, cause he, he asked, the guy asked us, he goes, he, you know, have you, you guys have any surf experience? And both of us were like, Oh yeah. Panty. <laughs> Tons. Tons. Surfing. I was born on a surfboard. <laughs> Zell even said some names. He was like, San Juanita or something. And the guy's like, Oh, you surf there. And he's like, Oh yeah. Kelly he's Slater, like, Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> A fucking tubular dude. That's what he said. And guys like, oh shit, these Damn guys are real. I've watched a couple, I've watched uh, more than a few episodes of Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> yeah. So he he looked at I, I watched, watched Rocket Power. Binges. I know what I'm doing. He yeah. he looked at both of our beer guts and our old man frames and he went, Well, listen, you know, first off, we're both wearing triple XL wetsuits. <laughs> I think Zell's a double XL. Like we're we're not. It's it's not a good look. I posted on our stories if you're fortunate enough to to watch. Uh, it's cold, so we're wearing dry suits, like the full full gloves, boots, whatever. And the guy's like, "Well, gentlemen, like, I hear you when you say that uh, you say you surfed before, but looking at you, I don't believe you. <laughs> so I would recommend uh, that you get nine foot boards." These re- we have these beginner boards. It will make your experience very enjoyable. And Zell, who's had one lesson, he goes, no, I want an eight foot board. And the guy goes, okay. And he looks at me and he goes, what do you want? And I go, well, obviously an eight foot board, <laughs> right? Me, who's never surfed before. Now, my thought process was, my thought process was this. I've snowboarded. I've longboarded, I've wakeboarded, I've skimboarded. You've tons of experience with smaller objects. You might as well go with right? that one. It's fucking right. safe. And I, well, my thing, my idea was of like, I, I've wake surfed. I understand the motions. I, I'm pretty good on a board. I've like surprisingly, I'm surprisingly athletic for how I look. It, 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 I, I surprise people. Don't make that face. Right, I mean, <laughs> you're right. Um, so my idea was, well... I should be okay. So we get, we get out there. Uh, first off, <laughs> second thing, the guy goes, what beach are you going to? We're like, ah, we're going to South Chesterman. And he, he does this. Don't go there. Those waves are too big. <laughs> and we go, well, where, are we, where should we go then? He goes, for beginners. 
you need to go to North Chesterman because there's only three foot waves. And at South Chesterman, the swell right now, you're going to have like five to eight foot waves. And you don't want any part of that. <laughs> and we're like, well, sure. <laughs> and we left. And the first thing, well, the best part was we we're driving and we run into Lady Zell. And, uh, and Lady Bray here. And we roll down the window and uh, we go, hey, we, yes, we know we said we were going to serve South Chesterman, but we want to go to North Chesterman. And Lady Zell looks at us and goes, fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately we're like, I turned to Zell, I was like, well, fuck them. Well, let's do it. Well, let's die. I don't care. Right? I don't care. So we, uh, see what we you did. the vehicle. See what you did. Yeah. <laughs> see what you did. This is all your this fault. All, this is on you. Our deaths are on you. Uh, mm-hmm. So then we go to, uh, so we go to Seth. South Chesterman, we walk there and there's a lot of people surfing. It's, it's, you know, there's some classes and stuff. So we're like, all right, like we don't feel too bad. Let's go to the right side. We kind of get away from everyone. We paddle out. And the first thing I notice now I've, I've been in water. I've boogie boarded. I've, I've done a, I, I'm a diver. I've done lots of the water. The first thing I notice when we get in about waist deep, I'm like, there is a fucking insane riptide going right now like you can just feel it it's hard to stand up straight it's just pulling you out you can just feel it so i'm like man i'm like this is uh quite the riptide and so i was like yeah it's it's like literally as you hopped you it felt like you got scooted about four feet like as you like were just kind of hopping like you it was moving so fast so i'm like oh all right well this will be interesting um the one thing with surfing that i was like that i you know, I didn't anticipate was probably the one thing that's the most difficult thing for me in my life. And that's just standing up. Right. And, and that's the big part of surfing apparently is the, the stand up, dude, these, these waves are like eight, like five to eight feet big. I got tossed ass over key, uh, tea kettle, tea kettle, fucking just about 90% of the time getting chewed up by waves, getting launched. Then you were getting sucked back. There was a time where both of us were like, man, we're so far out because of the riptide. We're just trying to paddle and kind of catch a wave to get back in. The two most, unath- we looked like the two most, most unathletic guys on the beach you've ever seen ever. It was brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ran to the boards for six hours. I think we made it an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> and that was it. We called it. There's the last, sir. I, I got up once, the last literally to in the day, I just, I just weekend at Bernie did on the board, just, just full plank, just body surf the board. I caught a wave and I was like, I can't stand up. I'm exhausted. And I just laid down on the board and just rode the wave all the way into shore <laughs> until it tossed me over. And then I just laid there for a little bit in the shallow. Like I'm so tired. It was God awful. Sounds like uh, a good time. Fun time though. It was, it was a good Zell still there, still lost at sea yep. because we were doing the Superman. So the curse lives. Um, Angie, you want to, you want to talk about your bad weekend or you want to keep that for after hours? Not really. It's fucking awful. <laughs> Isn't this, this is no, after hours. Yet. Anyways, we're going to go after. What? If you like this kind of stuff, head to our patreon.com slash alien theorists theorizing because we're going to have more funny stories and conversations about what goes on in after hours. So as we always say at the end of this, this thing, keep those eyes on the skies. We'll be right back with After Hours. 